Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reimbold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. Now let me say that again. We Guys, I we're not done yet with you, okay? We have a little bit more, what can you say? Uh, well, anyway, we have a little bit more we need to go through. Decisiveness. It's time to be a man. Okay? How many times have I had men say to me, my dad wasn't a man. I was never taught how to be a man. The Baal spirit, absolutely seductive at its utmost. We were seduced into the place of believing, again, that we didn't need to be men. What is a man? Well, a man, uh, to me, is an old boy that would just soon step outside and go toe-to-toe you, toe-to-toe with you, bare-knuckled, has to bless God to sit down and buy you a beer and give you a good cigar, if that's what it come to. Whatever it takes is whatever it takes, as far as a man is concerned. But we grew up in the last two, three, four generations things changed, and somehow the men got left out. But again, the somehow, again, is this seductive spirit of Baal. You know, it got, it got put into the shuffle. Now, we know, men, that we are commanded to be the priests of our home. We're commanded, bless God, to minister to our wives and to our children. See, the orthodoxy... If if this synagogue was an orthodox synagogue, even a conservative do at times, the women would all be sitting up there in the balcony area with the children. It would only be the men that would be on the floor. The key was for the men to learn and then go home and teach the wife and the children. There were very few, in, in, in back in that, this day, there was very few educated women. Some of them could read because their husbands taught them. For the most, they sat back there. And we're going to get into some of those things that seem to, uh, to have been a problem, all right? Now, praying with your wife, okay? Your wife wants intimacy. Okay? Every woman does. To be able to pray because there is an anointing. I would imagine, because most of you have been here more than once and twice, and some of you have been here for the last five or six years, I would imagine without a shadow of turning, you can understand the anointing that's in this room. You can understand that tonight, when I finish here, I'm going to lay hands on you, and there are spatial things that's going to happen. That's what I do. And again, most of you know that. So by the anointing, being able to, one moment, pick you up and cuddle with you, 
is so good to you. I'm talking about the anointing doing that. The anointing overwhelming you. The anointing delivering you. The anointing setting you free. It's a precious, precious, precious time. Fellas, you can have that precious time with your wives if you will just simply say, Honey, let's sit down and let you and I pray. All right? At least till you come to the place of enough maturity that it can work the other way. But you need to consider that. I'm, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I can already tell you. There's not enough of that that goes on here. You need to have that. That makes her feel secure. That makes you feel that you are being a man because you are taking control of the situation. You are the priest of your home. All right? You are the priest of your home. Now, understand that makes you come to a place of true spiritual prayer. Now, this is greater because it's being done by the anointing than physical, a physical union. You say, ah, I don't know about that. Well, I need to take you to a new place. I need to take you to a place, brothers and sisters, that's beyond, far beyond this right here. There is that place, and I need and even have to get you there. You have to learn to say no. Say no. no. You have to say no to your flesh. When those things come up, okay, as Paul said, I find myself doing the things that I shouldn't or don't want to do. Hmm? Isn't that true? Anytime that no one sins, now we're getting into a lot of stuff of, uh, of revealing new sins to you. They're not new, they're old, obviously, but to you they're new. Many times, as, as, as Paul was pointing out, we go through it all the time. Now, you've got to learn to say no. You know, as I teach about deliverance, is the fact that when that demonic spirit... Spirit of darkness, demon, whatever you want to call that. When that thing comes out of you, the Scripture says it will go into a dry place. The Bible hasn't ever said where that place is at, but there's a dry place that they go to. After a season, that spirit will come back with seven spirits worse than the one that went to the dry place. So now you're wrestling with eight spirits, seven of whom are worse than the one that came that went out there. But as I told you, how simple this is, is to say no. And that's what, how simple this is going to be to those of you tonight that are, that are going to be delivered here in this synagogue. You have to understand that it's going to come back, it's going to bring its friends, and you're still going to say what? No. You can't come in... I have been cleansed in the name of Yeshua. You're out there now. You're not in here, and I'm not letting you back in. If you don't do that, as I teach, you're going to have big-time trouble. That's, that's reason deliverance is so dangerous, as I keep saying over and over again. But yet it's so simple to do it. Why can't you keep the deliverance? Are you ready? Because that spirit that went to the dry place is your friend. 
And when that spirit comes back, guess what's going to come back with it? The temptation that you haven't had around you for quite some time is now all of a sudden going to be back. Ooh, my old friend. As to whatever that temptation is. But see, you can recognize that, and the reason you're going to be able to recognize that is God's going to give you a period of clemency. A time that, bless God, that that, 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 that that is not going to tempt you. And it's going to be strange. I've had people call me on the phone and say, it's so strange. I haven't, haven't felt the need to do or have or this for two weeks. Now, it may not be two weeks. There's no way for me to tell you unless God show me. But you will have time. You will know. You've been delivered. You will know when it comes back because there's your old friend. Does anybody in this room not understand that? Pretty well, everybody. I don't see any hands go up. Thank God if you had, I'd ask you on the other room, and we'd had somebody cast the demon out of you of whatever that is to bring you back in to get the demon cast out of you, whatever this is. <laughs> not even that late, is it? No. So, you're the key to this thing, brothers. You are the key to becoming the man. Every wife wants a man like that. Amen? Amen. Now, when you begin to realize that you are the high priest, all right, when you realize that, that you have a duty to perform. 1 Peter 3, 7. All right? 1 Peter 3, 7. Now, this piece of Scripture, 1 Peter 3, 7, says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Brothers, I'm going to tell you right here, you need to be certain that you underline this, the reason some of your prayers and a large amount of your prayers are not being hindered lies within the Scripture. That you are to do what? You are to, according to knowledge, you are to give honor unto the wife. Why? Because she is the weaker vessel. That's the reason she cannot be the leader. That's the reason that, bless God, God said what? That she would serve the husband. Be a helpmeet, all right? Now, but he also goes on to say the weaker vessel, comma, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. So you are heirs together. Now, if you are not honoring her, okay, and understanding she's a weaker vessel, and the fact that you're both equally heirs to the cross, the things of God, now I'm going to tell you something that says that your prayers evidently are being hindered. Now, the problem that lies here is the submissiveness, submissiveness, I'll get it in a minute, of the wife. Well, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to be that way to my husband until he acts this way. That's where the problem comes into all this. The husband wants to wait till the wife changes. The wife wants to. I've heard that in counsel 
for 40-some years. You don't wait, you change. The old story is you're going to change, come hell or water, you're going to be the first to change so God can notice that you were first. What's wrong with that? Some of you, to change, you're going to have to forgive. Both directions. Some of you in this room are going to have to forgive your husbands, and some of your husbands are going to have to forgive your wives. Why? Because you're just not flowing together. You have become one place, but you can't flow in the Spirit as one. One of you is here, one of you is over there. You have to come together. So we believe, according to the Scriptures, if you can bring yourself to that place, everything's going to be fine. Now, now, wives do not like to be demeaned in any way. Do you, girls? Uh-uh. You don't like your wife saying those little whatever things in front of other people that hurt. Do you, girls? No, you don't. Guys, why do we do that? Oh, gosh, just to have a good time. Yeah, I don't doubt that's not most of the problem, okay? But we still do it. That is your mate. That is your love, the love of your life. When you demean her, you disgrace her. In front of her children, in front of her friends. You know, I've always said, if you're going to have to have words, go in the back room. The kids don't need to hear it. They don't need to hear that. They should never have to hear that. Okay, now, let me turn the page, of course. Self-justification process is to make yourself look right in your own eyes. And it always is. That's the, way we, that's the way we do things as men. We always want to look right. That's the reason so often, bless God, uh, you know, we place the blame on our, on our wives. Murmuring against your wife will zap you of your manhood, and it will. Absolutely. And it will keep you from having the marriage that God intended you to have. Everything in life either appreciates or it depreciates. And, and, and when it appreciates, it gains value. When it depreciates, what does it do? It loses value. Change is not change until you change. And that's what you've got to understand, brothers. Most people judge others by their actions and themselves by their intentions. You've heard that many times, I'm sure. Well, I intended to do this. I've always intended to be the head. I've always intended to make those decisions. I've always, and it goes on and it goes on and it goes The buck stops here. Amen? The buck stops here. Tonight is your night. All right? Now, to intend to change and not change, again, it's not change. Now, note that God loves you. Now, and that's the beginning of all this. A hurting marriage will never make it until it's healed. It's like a cut, a wound. It has to heal. But there has to be a beginning of a healing process. And the beginning of that healing process between a husband and wife 
is to give up and to give in. To recognize, bless God, her as your queen. Well, uh, Prophet, those are all nice words and everything, but, well, you know, after 15 years, that don't quite look like what I married over there. Really? Well, brother, you better look in the mirror, because after 15 years, you're not exactly what she married either. Huh? Come on. She bears your children, huh? She's going to change. And you're saying, what? That's an ego problem, a self-righteous problem. That's making you a candidate of nice, big-time deliverance. Okay? Of course she doesn't look like she looked when she was 18. She's not supposed to. But did you marry her body or did you marry her heart? And brothers, there are you that are sitting here today that married the wrong thing. You don't have the intimacy anymore because you were looking at her instead of here in her heart. Marriage has to flow one to the other. Men, it's our place to see to it that that flow, bless God, that it works. Okay, now. The head of the home, as I said, has to change first. Let's go to Ephesians 5.23. Ephesians 5.23. Ephesians 5.23. It says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now, we know he's the Savior of the body, but let's go for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. You know that scripture. You've heard that scripture, I'm certain, if you've been in church or the world at all, many times. Let's go to Malachi 4, 6. So you are to be the head. You're commanded to be the head of the wife. Malachi 4, 6. Now, this is a piece of prophetic ministry about the last day, uh, Elijah's spirit. But it says here, And he shall turn the hearts of the father to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Uh Uh-oh. Brothers, we're in trouble here because it says that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. How many of you, hmm, whoa, look out, brothers. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, well, I'm, you know, when they get a little older, I'm going to have something to do with them. But right now, at the age they are, you know, um, well, you know, I fish every Saturday, and, and uh, you know, and, uh, well, we play poker on Wednesday nights, and I bowl. Don't forget the bowling on, you know, on, on Thursdays, and, Monday night football, you know, you you can't watch kids. The hearts of the children are being turned toward their fathers. First the father toward the children. So God is doing his part by turning your heart. You better do your part. 
by releasing your heart to your children. Okay? You need to do that. Now, Psalms 101, 2 through 7. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when thou come unto me, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, and they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. One of the greatest things a father can do for his children is to love their mother. They see that. They can, they can tell, do you, do you know, do you know, our grandbaby, Jack, is five, I guess going to be six months old here one of these days, but he's five right now. Right, Jen? He is six. Well, that's close. Only missed him a month. He'll be seven, maybe next month then, right? <laughs> Probably. But you know that little guy, he's just getting to the point where he can roll anywhere he wants to go. He's getting to the point he's getting, he going to start crawling, and almost is, and he may have been today before Jim got up here. But he knows when things aren't working out. Even babies at that age know when there's something wrong with mom and with dad in the house. Well, as I've tried to teach you, they're more in tune to the world, listen to me, that they have come from than you'll ever know on this earth. As I've taught you, they came from the supernatural world. They have now come out of their mother's wombs, and they're now trying to transform themselves into a human being. But they still operate more toward the supernatural side than they do the flesh side until they learn and understand and move more and more over to the flesh side of things. Then we do what? One day go back to the spirit side. Well, hallelujah for that, right? Now, good leaders are good listeners. And that's important you understand that. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, incest, habitual masturbation, indulging in pornography, gratifying yourself with sexual fantasies or any other sex sins. is wrong, and it's sin, and it will destroy. Sooner or later, brothers and sisters, that will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your marriage. The woman's place is what? Obeying the husband. How many times, right here in the office up front, years ago, have women, wives, come in for counseling, with a black eye, hmm? a bruised jaw, and other bruises on their arms, 
and said to me, Well, Prophet, I know that even though he has beaten me, I love him and, and I know my place is to stay with him and to be obedient to him. I said, uh, where did you get that from? Well, you know, it says that we're to submit ourselves and obey our husbands. Now listen to me, guys. If you are following the Word of God, God does not want your wives black and blue. And wives, you don't want to be black and blue. You don't want to be abused and misused. And now listen to me, and neither does God want you that way. You believe in divorce? No, I don't believe in divorce, but I don't believe in husbands beating their wives. A wife should never submit to her husband that has beaten her. The ketubah, the marriage contract, has been broken. It doesn't exist anymore in the eyes of God. Do they leave their husbands? In some cases, yes. You have to serve God, brothers. And if you're not going to serve God, then get out of the way, because you're hindering your wife, your children, from being able to serve God. Decision time. Amen? It's decision time. Now, let's, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14.34. And we're going to try to tear down a couple things here before we quit this evening. We'll, we'll finish this. I said this up in the morning. And I'm sure you'll all be jumping up and down saying, Hallelujah, praise God, let's do that again next quarter. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 34. Let your women keep silent in the churches. You men want to applaud? For it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. I think we'll start that practice right now. Do you know there's churches, and I know you know this, there's sects of Christianity that will not allow or suffer a woman to speak in the congregation. They're not allowed to teach. They're not allowed to preach. They're not allowed to do this. They're not allowed to do that. For they say it's Paul. Mm. Mm. As I said, the church has used Paul to sin for a long time. That's not what Paul's talking about here. They were having problems. Back in that day, the women, in some they were up in the balcony, they were in the other room, in some cases not even in the earshot of what was going on. They're, they were excessively, evidently, talking. And he says, keep silent in the church, not permitting them to speak. Why? Because the rabbi did not need to be interrupted. Just that simple. And yet, we had knuckleheads take that piece of Scripture and again, there is sects of Christianity that will not allow women to be ministers. Because that's what Paul said. Remember what Peter said about this, this, this Paul guy? He said, you better be careful of him, brothers. This Paul, you know, this Paul that was known as Saul the Apostle. 
This guy is smart. Now, remember, Peter was an old fisherman. He said, in fact, this, this, this fellow is learned of the Scriptures, and he is so learned that if you're not real careful, you're going to misunderstand what, what this guy's saying. We're still misunderstanding today what Paul said. But I hope that those of you in this room have now straightened out within yourselves the fact that Paul was not against the law. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Paul kept the law. Now, let's go to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Boy, God's got an idea. Genesis 1. Right in the beginning of the book, 26 and 28. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and, and, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. Well, 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 wait a minute now. I thought, I thought she was taken out of the river. She was. But even with that, she was also created in the image of God. Equally, my brothers. Separately, but equally. And they were both doing what? They, they, he says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Both men and women were to subdue from the very beginning. So it wasn't, all right, Eve, you messed up in the garden. You get back over there about ten acres, and I'll take things from here. And if I need anything, I'll beat it out of you. Oh, surely not. No, surely not. He didn't. But you see, that is some of the attitude that somehow we have. You know, the thing that I always love about this, this type of a message is that women begin to see first. Why? Because... You work off the emotional side of your brain. Men seem to get a second because they work from the statistical side of the brain. But it's always something to see when the man decides that he's going to now, for the first time in his life, this is the way I tell him, go home and put the cockeyed pants on, zip them up, wear them, and become a man. Yes, sir. You can imagine the rest of them. Woman, come on in here and get me a beer. I'll be sitting right there. Oh, yeah, woman, why don't you go to town and get me a hamburger mm -hmm. with french fries. Thank you. Plenty of ketchup. I like ketchup. Mm -hmm. And by the way, woman, while you're in town, stop by and get me something else, ice cream or whatever. It's amazing to me when a man decides that he's going to become a man, he becomes Barney Fife. 
the gun, the badge, don't forget the bullet. Huh? I'll take it from here, woman. And you're going, where did they get that from? Well, they obviously didn't listen to the rest of the message, did they? No. Well, I don't think we've got a lot of problem with that in here. Maybe a couple of you, but I'll bet we can cast that out before the evening's out. Fortunate you, right? <laughs> now, Genesis 2, 21 and 22. Genesis 2, 21 and 22. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Now, now guys, note this, and you might make a note. The woman was not taken from the foot of man. Under my feet? No, she wasn't taken from the foot, taken from the rib, all right? Let's look at, bless God, if you will, Genesis 2. 18, I'm kind of going the other direction, but go ahead. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate for him. Now, that was the woman, right? To be his helpmate. That's what she is made to be. Now, girls, listen. You are to help. Say, I am to help. Uh, not to Jezebel. Now, that's a fine line, and that's hard line to get really straightened out. Let's see. I am to help. Well, I am helping. You old grouse, put your shoes on and get out there and mow the yard before it rains. Isn't that helping? Brothers and sisters, are you seeing what I'm trying to say? The balance of this thing, is it's just out of balance every, every direction. And if it's out of balance at all in any direction, it's out of balance. Well, if he'll straighten up, I might. Yeah, that's true. If she straightens up, I'll see about it. Yeah, that's true, too. This isn't a contest. This isn't to see who can out-bully the other one. This isn't, this isn't a contest to see who's going to give in first. It isn't a contest. It's a love affair. A marriage is a love affair. It's not a contest. It's not a battle. Okay? That's the reason, that, bless God, that I, I keep saying. Now, now let, let, let me tell you, men, something that have daughters. And we'll get more into this one meeting, one time. I don't have time to put that all uh, together here this weekend. As traveling this world in all the years that I've traveled it, and to watch the diversity of the cultures has been something to behold. When I was in India uh, years ago, I was stayed in an orphanage, slept there, ate there, and the pastor, which was also a medical doctor, he had his daughter and his daughter-in-law to wait on me, hand and foot. Now, 
The daughter could speak a little bit of English, which helped. He spoke none, his wife spoke none, and his daughter-in-law spoke none, nor did his son speak any. So one day, I'm sitting waiting for the taxi to come and take me to the, to the harvest fields of souls. And I, I said to this young lady, I said, I said, darling, your culture is so much different than ours. I said, um, how did you meet your husband? And she said, oh, oh, she said it was arranged. I said, we don't do that in the Western world. Oh, she said, I know you don't. But she said, in the Western world, you have a lot more problems with your marriages than we do here. I said, you got that right. She said, yes, she said, I met and sat across the table with my parents one hour, not speaking and listening to our parents converse. The next time I saw him, we were being married. Where's the courtship? Well, they don't come up pregnant too quick that way, guys. Come on, I'm getting I'm getting down here where we live now. Don't 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 the old store Pentecostals say don't shout me down. So I I, I said yes. I said you know that that, that that's very true. I said uh, is he the head of the family? Oh oh yeah absolutely. I said does he make the decisions? She said he makes the, all the decisions. He and I talk. But he makes the decisions. In other words, they converse about what the decision is that's to be made. And I said uh, at that point, I said to her, I said that he makes all the decisions. I said, what if he makes a wrong decision? Don't miss what I'm about to say. And she looked me in my eyes and she said, Prophet, my husband is never wrong. Can you say that? tonight girls do you suppose that he was wrong from absolutely we make mistakes but in her heart and in her eyes my husband is never wrong the difference is and, and she went on to say she said if a married couple has an argument has a problem because the parents brought us together, it is their responsibility to solve the problem. Wow. Sounds a little different, doesn't it? Their divorce rate, at least in that part of India, was almost nil, almost zero. So I begin to say to the fathers, it is your responsibility when somebody comes to court your daughter, they should have a good job. That's what's wrong with the younger generation. They all want to party, but none of them want to work. Don't shout me down, because that is the truth. They should have been educated. You set the standards as to what that's all about. You demand how long that there's going to be a courtship. You see that, bless God, that they are chaperoned. 
He said, oh, my Lord, my God, that ain't going to work. Kids are, kids are dating here when they're in the third and fourth grade in, in America. Yeah, but that's not my fault, nor is it yours. It's time, folks, that we get back to protecting our children. Do you know that your mind, your carnal mind, is not even capable, according to the scientific world, of making sensible judgment till you're somewhere around 25, 26 years old. And every kid that we have in America, the time they're 15, they know everything there is to know, and they're right about everything, and you're just about the dumbest butt that ever walked down the street. Somebody say amen to that. So see, you, you know a little something about all this, right? So it is your place that is your child, and one day your grandchildren... And you're hoping that it turns out? Well, I'm, I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid my, my, my daughter wouldn't put up with that. Well, there we go again. If you're raised wrong, the outcome's going to be wrong. Knowledge without understanding, wisdom without understanding is no good. It's not too late. But let me tell you something. You're going to have to take authority instead of letting the devil run over you, okay? Take your rightful place, man. Take your rightful place. Okay, let's see if you like that. I don't know. Now, let's do 1 Corinthians 11, 8 and 9. 1 Corinthians 11, 8 and 9. Your place with God is important. 1 Corinthians 11.8 For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. What's he trying to get straightened out here? He's trying to get you to understand, or the reader to understand, that, hey, let's get this thing down to where it needs. God created Adam and saw that he needed a mate. So he created the woman for the man. Does that mean you walk ten steps? No, no, that don't. No, he's trying to get this thing straightened out. Let's do eleven, eleven, and twelve in First Corinthians. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. So see, it's the same. For as the woman is the man, even so the man also by the woman, but all things of God. So there's no difference. Get in Galatians 3, 28 and 29. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bound nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. So there's neither difference. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Well, we know that, don't we? Or we should know that. Now, men have the problem of either being tyrants or losers, okay? And that, I'm not saying every man, but I'm saying overall, the problem is still the same. The Baal spirit came in and seduced and made us men believe 
that we were right. Why? Because we, we had no prophet to come to correct us and see to it that we understood truth so we could do it. Ladies, the Baal spirit came to you, and because you looked at the men and you saw less than a man, your story was, I might as well take over because they're not going to get the job done, and I can do the job better than they're doing anyway. So clash. Clang, clang went the trolley, okay? And this thing has absolutely battled itself for generations and generations and generations. The victory was given to us from the foundation of the world. The marriage was brought by God because He created man and woman in His own image. We've been created in His image, and like I said, that's big-time stuff because we're capable of operating in the God kind of faith. And yet, when women get into this place, where they have been deceived, they, 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 and bless God, they, they bring forth the image of Baal. The men carrying the image of Baal. And you know what we have? We have an all-out battle, not of light and darkness, of darkness and darkness. Okay? Because neither one of those... Spirit of light. It's both darkness. So we're seeing the battle of darkness take place right smack dab, okay, in the Christian church. How can that be? Because Baal came in. Because somebody forgot to run him off. But nobody saw Baal to be a threat in all of the way that he is, deception comes to the church. We got ourselves wrapped up into this, I might be married, but you know what? We're not one flesh any longer. We are two separate entities living in a house called a home with children that we have had, not even hoping that it'll ever change. It's just a routine. I get up and go to work in my job. She gets up and goes to work in her job. We take separate vacations. Can you imagine? No, I can't imagine that part. But you see, the age I am, that, that, that was just something that just didn't happen. But... We are more fortunate than they. What I want to see is the families, the family unit to come back together in the right order. That dad will become dad, but dad will not be a tyrant. Mom will become mom, but mom will not be Jezebel. That mom has to understand that her place is not, nor never will, be to take authority over her husband. All right? She is to submit to him if he is in conjunction with the Word of God. Now, again, if he's not, well, 
whatever, you know. How long is this going to take, prophet? No, not very long. Demons are in total subjection to anointings. Okay? So I've told you I've watched God deliver satanic high priests. This is a cakewalk. You will be delivered this night if that's what you want. If you don't, do you know something? No skin off of that, my nose. But let me tell you something else you must consider. We're not taking the spirit of Baal back to the land of Israel. Now, I serve notice not only to you, but to the future of hundreds of thousands of people that's going to come into this organization. They must seek out, they must find deliverance, because this will sink the boat if we don't get it taken care of. You remember how I gave you the same speech about a judgmental spirit in the sowing of discord? I don't know whether that was yes or no. Did you not show up that weekend? Now, as I said, we had to excuse. That's a real nice way of putting it, isn't it? We had to excuse two or three people from our midst. But I'm going to tell you something. We're starting to gain, and we're starting to do better in those areas, save a few. And let me, let me serve notice to those of you that are the few. You're going to be run off soon. You're going to have to understand we, we, we're not going to tolerate you judging. We're not going to tolerate your discord. Why? That's sin, and that will not work in the garden back in Israel. Now, if, if I could get on my knees here, and if I could plead with each of you individually and beg you to adhere under this message, I would do that. But God, that's not what God's doing. You know why? This has to be of your own free wills. You have to understand where you're at in the entire gauntlet of Baal. You have to do that. But let me tell you something else that I know for 40-some years of ministry. This is your night of visitation, brothers and sisters. You set this night in this, in this sanctuary, and you need to be up here. This is the same thing that's going to sink your boat because this prophet is going to see to it. This isn't a game, brothers and sisters. I have got to do exactly what God has chosen and commanded me to do. There can be no sin. You've got to get these demons out of your life, out of your bodies. Some of you may not come up here. I can't do anything about that, but please don't call, and please don't get all excited with any of the fellowship leaders around this country in North America. There's nothing going to be done for you or yours. This was your night. Not next week, not next month, not next time we get together. This is the night that God 
The anointing that's said here is speaking to every heart right now. Every heart that's in this room is being spoken to. You must judge yourselves. You must decide. And you sit there in your self-righteousness, as I said. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see who's right in the end. It's going to be this prophet. I want you. I need you to go with us. Okay? I keep telling you, trying to, trying to lift you up and say you are the first fruits of all this. But if you don't get this done, and I begin to teach this, let, let, let's just say in five years that I begin to teach this to another group, that some of you at that time has grown up into the nothing the word that you have somehow sneaked by the front line, which is me, and you will not have, but let's just say that. And we are teaching them this, and all of a sudden... You're there trying to teach something that you've never been delivered from. Oh, that won't be good with God. God will not smile about that, brothers and sisters. So, saying that, to say this, God loves you enough that he sent this prophet to you. God loves you enough that he's come to tell you the truth. You need to be delivered. And he is here. The presence of the, of the Holy Ghost, the Rahakadesh, is in this room tonight to deliver you from the spirit of Baal, to drive that thing out of you. Now, again, it's going to come back with seven more worse than itself, but you're going to be able to say what? What are you going to be able to say? No. All there is to it. That's all there is to it. You can do this, but you have to be first what? Willing to come up here, obedient to do what you're being told. As this spirit and spirits come back, okay? The rest of it is a cakewalk. The rest of it is a walk in the park. You're being told truths. And I know you know that. Okay. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.